You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm ready for labor. <laughs> of course you would be. <laughs> but I will say, if labor and delivery was that bad, everyone would be an only child. Oh, dead ass. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. We got lots of stories because we got mad kids, y'all. Facts. Facts. <laughs> but uh, this story in particular is the morning of Kaz's birth. Mm-hmm. Right. And for all of you who watched our birthing vlog, you remember how it started. I'm sleeping in bed. <laughs> Kay runs in the room. Shakes me, shakes me. Deval, Deval. I'm like, what, what, what? She goes, baby, baby I, I think, think it's time. time. Baby, baby, I think, I think it's time. 
<laughs> sounded like a wounding go. She was like, maybe and she was hitting the nerves coming down her throat. And I was like, why? What's the matter? And she was just like, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready. But we was ready. Because a week prior, I had already inflated the pool. All we had to do was put some water in it when Takia was ready. Um, we called the minute we knew her water broke, we called her parents, called her brother, called her sister, called my brother. Uh, called my sister. Your parents. We called my parents. Yep. We called Dolo. We called the godparents, and we was getting prepared. So, the funny thing is, when you having a home birth, people don't realize that the best part about having a home birth is that you can include family to create ambiance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been doing this fatherhood thing for a little bit now, so I knew that our baby was going to come within six hours because that with Cairo, he came within six hours. So I told everybody to rush over there, and I wanted the first couple hours of the home birthing process to be kind of like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we all got together in the living room. We were watching movies. Kay was bouncing on the Bosu ball. I was pushing on her her hips and her back, and Sakari came and acted as a doula in that moment. She was helping with the whole home birthing process, and in six hours, almost on the dot, mm-hmm. Kaz came. Kaz was born. Push it, push it real good. Push it. We'll push, push it real, real good. Getting ready to push. Getting ready to push. The crazy part about pushing that I think only women who've experienced it know when time comes to push, there's no way not to push. Yeah, there's just that, no way not to push. That's just how it works. It's almost as if the body just vol- involuntarily starts pushing and you have no choice but to ride the wave and go with it so before you get started we're gonna take a quick break so we can pay some bills and when we come right back Mm -hmm. we're gonna get into your your birthing yeah how how we evolved into a home yeah i'll pick up on my version of deval's story time and how i felt in that (laughs) moment all right we'll be right back this show is sponsored by better help listen y'all losing two loved ones in a matter of six months It can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today. 
told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. That wounded goat situation, because <laughs> the Val could sense the, the shakiness in my voice. It was one of those things where in that moment I felt like I was empowered leading up to this process. Mm -hmm. We had done our due diligence. We did our research. Mm -hmm. I got the blessing from my OBGYN to then transfer to a midwife. I vetted uh, Takia, um, mm -hmm. our midwife. Shout out to Takia. She is like second Come to on. none. Come on. And I did my research. I had my visits with her. She told me how to channel the idea of pain mm -hmm. into that moment when I'm going to meet my baby. There were so many things, you know, mm -hmm. and then it hit me like, oh, I'm actually supposed to employ all those things that I've learned <laughs> right now, you know? <laughs> so it was just one of those moments where I, it, I just, I knew it was coming. There was no way to stop it. There was only one way out, <laughs> you know? Um, and you was nervous. I was nervous. You know, she was nervous. It's okay to say you was nervous. I was nervous. Um, it did help, though, mm -hmm. having family and friends nearby to just kind of, you know, take the edge off, take my mind off of things. Kaz was ah. born a couple of days after Thanksgiving. Taking your mind off. Things. So it was like, you know, family was in town. My grandmother was there. Um, so the distraction was nice, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll never forget my brother who was probably even more nervous for me at various points throughout labor. He was like, he'll come over to me and whisper and he'd be like, you know, you don't have to do this, right, Kay? <laughs> you know, the hospital's like 10 minutes away, right? We can go to the hospital, Kay. And I'm 
like I, so, I know. But hold on, let's <laughs> let's take let's take them back mm-hmm. to Jackson, right? And how we even got to this home birthing process because right. it wasn't like, hey, let's just have a home birth. There was like a process to get here from, from child one to child three. Yeah, it was very thought out. Yeah, so. Let's start initially. I don't think we've ever told this full story on the podcast mm-hmm. when it when it came time to for Jackson's birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the gym. We were living in Brooklyn at the time. Mm-hmm. Very young. Uh, 27, 27, I believe. Yeah. Just yeah, about. Yep. 27, 27. And Kay was pregnant, but she was still working at Mac. So at the time when she was working at Mac, her diet. And her exercise routine was horrible. Terrible. I was eating Johnny Rockets she, like every, every day. day. Every like day. they knew me. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's something about people wanting to feed pregnant people. I think they, <laughs> they don't want to sign it. Are they like, yo, you want this Johnny Rockets burger and fries? You're going to get this right now. So, so. they and they, they made sure she was happy, mm-hmm. but it was very high sodium. Yeah. Right. On top of the fact that she was working crazy hours in retail, mm-hmm. that um she was getting dehydrated. So she went to the hospital and your liver enzymes were elevated. Mm-hmm. So they thought she had preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. So because her liver enzymes are elevated, they were like, hey, we're going to induce you and get the baby out there because it's not safe. So I'm in the gym. I get a phone call. Hey, we're going to induce Kay. So I'm like, cool. That was around 8 o'clock, 9 mm-hmm. o'clock. I got this phone call. Um, first, she told me she was just going to the doctor. That's right. what she just said. Just to get checked out. She's going to the doctor to get checked out. Mm-hmm. Then she said, hey, babe, it's going to happen. They're going to induce me. So I was like, cool. This was three weeks prior to when Jackson was supposed to be born. Mm-hmm. So... I finished my, my set at the gym. I had some clients I had to take. You finished the set? You didn't just drop everything and leave? No, because well, you, don't, you don't remember. They, you, <laughs> you had told me, like, don't rush yeah, because there's going to be a process time. for them to induce me and there's nothing you can do when you get here, so finish. Mm-hmm. So I finished my clients. Uh, when I was done my clients, about 9 o'clock, I headed to the hospital. And then that's when all of the excitement started <laughs> with the epidural. <laughs> all right? Yeah, I promise y'all, if I catch the woman on the street, that administered the epidural. I'm fighting her to this day. You know what's funny? To this day. I've I've never in my life ever wanted to put hands on a woman. <laughs> especially an elderly woman. And she wasn't really that elderly. She, she wasn't was elderly, like late but... Late 40s. But that's I not elderly, Deval. You know we a stone's throw away. That's why I said she's not elderly, but she was <laughs> older than us because we was in our 20s at that time. Okay. But I I wanted to fight this woman. We, we're in the, we're in the, the, the room... And Kay is sitting on the bed, and she had asked for an epidural. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you didn't ask for an epidural. Well, real quick, when the induction started, the mm-hmm. nurse came in and said, just so you know, this thing can take up to 24 hours to even start working actively. So mm-hmm. if you were to get an epidural, it would be wise because mm-hmm. you get some sleep. You won't be tired. By the time the baby comes, you'll be able to push. So she kind of almost sold me the right. idea of the epidural because I didn't necessarily ask for it in the beginning. It was just mm-hmm. like, girl, you about to get induced. So there's the shit right. might hit the fan. Just so you know, mm-hmm. it's available to you. And that's where the temptation comes being in the hospital. It's like, ah, right. you know, it's your first baby. You hear about this right. pain. So it's like, damn, let me just go ahead and get this epidural because I don't want to feel it. Oh, and both her mom and my mom had three kids naturally mm-hmm. no epidural no nothing so i don't I, I, we never even had the discussion that's another thing about young parents and not knowing kadina and i had never had the conversation of whether to get an epidural or not get an epidural which right. is something i think you should have with your partner and definitely have a birthing plan which we're going to talk about our birthing plan on our next podcast but have a birthing plan with your partner so that you're not caught off guard like kadina and i were caught off guard in right. that moment so i come in there they decide they're going to give it the epidural 
They were like, hey, Mr. Ellis, you know, you can stay. So, of course, I'm going to stay. This is my baby. Right. I'm sitting there in front of her, and um, <laughs> the lady goes, you want to sit down? And I'm like, well, I need to sit down. I got tattoos. I'm good with needles. She pulled out the needle. The needle was like this big, yo. Yeah, I swear to God, the needle it was, like was, a yard like, stick. It was like eight feet long, bro. So instantly, my legs get weak, right? So I'm like, yo, I'm about to go to the bathroom. Kadeen grabs me, right? She's like, you're not going nowhere, right? So I was like... I sounded like yo, Darth you Vader. Sound, yo, you look, you look me dead in my eyes. You look me in my I did, eyeballs. Though. I was, was like, like, you ain't going out of damn place. <laughs> I'm like, nope, not doing it. So I was like, all right, so I'm going to stay. So I was supposed to be holding her up, but realistically, she was holding me up because I legit <laughs> was about to pass out, right? The lady takes the needle. She goes inside. Kadeen goes, woo! Like Michael Jackson, right? And then the lady pulls the needle out. And uh-huh. I'm like, what happened? I literally felt like... I was electrocuted, but only on the right side of my body. So like my left arm and leg jerked forward in an involuntary motion that I felt like I got shocked. So she clearly hit some sort of nerve. She hit a nerve. So then she goes, you moved, you moved. And I was like, she didn't move. She didn't move until after you pulled the freaking needle out, right? The lady's like, you must stop moving. Like she was very harsh. Yes. Like you must stop moving. You must stop moving. So now I went from being like, like nervous and feeling queasy to getting real mad. Like I was like real, real mad, right? So now I'm not even holding Kadeen anymore. I got my hands down on the bed and I'm just watching the lady because I'm just watching what she's doing. So she goes in again and then Kadeen is sitting there and she's holding my holding my arms in my shirt. I got my, my arms on the bed. And then Kadeen goes again and I see Kadeen like clinch up again and the lady pulls it out. And she's like, tell her stop moving. And I'm like, yo, she's not moving. Like you don't know what you're doing. So now mm-hmm. me and her are having this little back and forth. And Kadeen's like, Deval, please, Deval, please, Deval, please. So I'm not saying anything. I'm sitting there. The lady goes in for a third time and finally gets the needle in. Right. Right? At this point, I asked Kay how she feels. She said she feels fine. But you said she felt like some tingling in your leg. In your yeah. Leg. Well, at that point, once it was in, I don't know. If, again, I didn't know what to expect or what right. to feel. So I did start to feel a little bit of tingling, a little bit of numbness. But then I also still felt pressure as I began to progress right. in it. So feeling the pressure, I still felt a little pain. So I feel like I kind of just got a botched epidural job. Like it didn't do a- what it was supposed to do. It wasn't giving <laughs> what it was supposed to give. And she didn't understand the assignment clearly. And I think it's important for parents to know that you can ask questions prior to it what should i feel during this epidural what are the best practices what are the red flags what to look for what not to look for absolutely before you get any procedure done to you you should know and we didn't educate ourselves we we really didn't have that conversation which to no. us was a ball drop on our part that for wasn't sure. anyone else's ball drop but that yeah. was our ball drop but we were like, young parents yeah for sure so time goes on and as time goes on the night turns into daytime it's about nine 9.30 in the morning. I forgot what time Jackson was born, but it was like 9.57 9, a.m. It was 9.30 in the morning. I still remember ni- uh, times. I know you remember times. You, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you would. It's 9.30 in the morning. The doctor's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? This is going to take some time, so I'm going to go get some breakfast. Kadeen was telling me that she did not feel good. She was just like, I was I like, I feel like, like, I feel like something's coming. Something's coming. That's what she kept saying to me. She said, mm-hmm. I feel like something's coming, baby. And I was just like, all right, well, let me get the doctor. She's like, oh, I'm going to grab a coffee. I said, doc. She said she felt like something coming. She's like, this is her first baby. You know, it's going to take time. Went back in the in the thing. All I seen was hair coming out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. Lots of hair. And Akil's like, I feel like I should push. I feel like I should push. So Kadeem was pushing at times. And I guess the contraction wasn't supposed to be coming. So I, I called the nurse. I, I said, nurse, nurse, nurse. I see the baby. 
Jackson is crowning now, right? K pushes one time, his half his head is out. <laughs> then the doctor comes flying in, right? Didn't get the chance to get a coffee. She's like, okay, Kareem, okay, Kareem, you're gonna push one more time. You're gonna push one more time. Kareem's like, when, 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 when? And then um, the doctor was looking at the contraction meter. Mm-hmm. K pushes, Jackson comes out, bow. Jackson was born with a club foot. Yes, we knew that which from we knew at the sonogram. That five month sonogram, we knew. So they saw him with the club foot. They immediately took him to the orthopedic surgeon to fit him for his cast because he had to put a cast. And then it was just me, Kadeen, and her mom in the room. Her mom walks out. I'm like, hey, babe, how you feeling? How you feeling? Kadeen is look, starting to look a little flush and then look a little gray. Like, you yeah. see this, this golden brownness? at this point. I don't have it. This golden brownness was not golden brown. Mm-mm. It was, Kadeen was kind of looking like this. <laughs> This is kind of what she gray. was looking like, right? Like a slab of slate. So I'm like, babe, you all right? And she's like, yeah, I'm just kind of tired. So then I stepped from up top to go down to see if everything was okay down there because I know that you had to at least check down there to see that everything was all right. <laughs> That's awfully brave of you because most men don't want to see down there because they don't know if it's going to go back to normal. Well, it's a good thing that I did because I went down there and it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like... It was just blood was just gushing out like, and I was like, Ma, is this supposed to look like this? Now, her mom had three kids. My mom had three kids. Her mom, director of nursing. Her mom came down there and said, um, no, calls for the nurse. Calls for the nurse. Calls for the doctor. The nurse comes in. The nurse calls for the doctor. They all run in now, and when they run in, they're like, prep the OR. They start looking inside of her, and I'm asking questions. I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? At this point, they wheeled Kadeen away, and I kept asking what's happening, and then I don't remember anything after that. And that's when yeah. my mom... I don't remember much after that either. Yeah, my mom was just like, we, they had to calm me down, sit me down, and then Kadeen went to surgery for four hours. Yeah. Four so hours. my case was very rare. Um, what must have happened along the way, which is only what we can deduce now after I spoke to my doctor when it happened, is that... Um, I might have, my body might have been pushing or I might have been pushing when I wasn't supposed to. Right. But it was hard to tell because the epidural didn't really give me a sign of that. Mm-hmm. And I tore internally, which I didn't even know was a thing. Mm-hmm. So most women will have to have what they call an episiotomy where they have to cut mm-hmm. you at the bottom or you may tear. I tore internally. So my cervix yep. is what tore. So to repair that was kind of like, even just thinking about it now, I'm just like, how do they even get in there to do that? You know? Um, So I do remember going into the OR, um, again, very cold, sterile room, but my doctor, who I absolutely love to this day, Mm -hmm. she was like, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. The anesthesiologist was just like, hey, you haven't had a cocktail in a while. What's your favorite drink? Ha ha ha. You know, trying to give Mm -hmm. me a little concoction to put me out. But I do remember my two legs being up in these stirrups. I kind of felt like I was in like a like a meat shop, you know, when they hang cows from their feet and stuff like that to drain the blood. That was me. I was the cow. Um, and I remember just being there. And then the last thing I remember was a team of like student doctors coming in. There was like at least wow. eight to 10 of them. And I guess it was because my case was so rare how I tore that they wanted to maybe, you know, yeah. show them so what to do in this case, learn. watch and learn. Um, so yeah, it was a situation that in the moment, I guess I didn't understand the severity of it, but coming out of it, extremely severe. Um, I remember waking up by myself on a cot with like two, stitches. 
26 stitches. 26 stitches. Yeah, 26 stitches internally internally in my cervix. Um, I was like, put two more for good measure, you know, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case, you know. Um, And then I didn't get to see Jackson or or you for like, it was about like five, six hours, I think. Yeah. That I didn't get to see y'all because I had to have the surgery and then recover and then come out of recovery to see him. Um, So it was a minute. It It was was a minute. um, It was a very intense scary. I remember when when they were wheeling you away thinking, is this going to be one of those times when I have my son, but then I lose my wife? Like, that was the first thing going through my mind. And then I, I seriously, well, no, that's how I felt coming out. Because I don't even, I remember being mad, and then I, just, I don't remember much after that, which is, mm-hmm. like, funny to me. Because I've never blacked out in anger or blacked out. But I remember being extremely tired because I couldn't sleep that night because I was up with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I pretty much watched you sleep the whole night. And my mom said they had to really calm me down and sit me down. And then... I remember coming out thinking, am I going to see my wife again? Right. Because you hear about women all the time, particularly black women going in to have a baby and husbands or significant others leaving with just the baby. This is important for men to understand about being an advocate for your wife, right? And this is why I speak so much about um, um, infant mortality rates as well as maternity mortality rates because Mm -hmm. if I don't go down there and check and say, hey, this doesn't look right, Mm -hmm. no one would have noticed. Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone was focused on Jackson at the time as they should have been, but no one even checked to see if Kadeem was all right after the baby came out. So if I don't say nothing and I run after Jackson as well and I'm not an advocate for you or I'm not constantly checking, who knows what happens if if I leave the room mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there? Because right. you were minutes away from needing a full blood transfusion, which means you yeah. were losing blood a right. lot. A lot. And after that whole ordeal and, and finally coming out of it and then, getting a chance to see you with Jackson and you and I, I remember, I remember saying this, I'm not having any more children. <laughs> you I did remember say saying that. Like, I have my son and I have my wife. I am good. Mm-hmm. And we had made a decision. I think subconsciously that's why there was a, a five year gap mm-hmm. between Jackson and Cairo. Yeah. In retrospect, I think so too. Cause I always said I didn't want to have big gaps between kids. So I right. was like, I want to have my kids kind of back to back, get it done. And then here we are. <laughs> but that was, um, it was scary. Yeah. It was scary, and it wasn't. It wasn't a great process for us. It wasn't something. It was memorable for all the wrong reasons, <laughs> right? You know, but it wasn't something that made me be like, "Oh, I, I guess I can do this again." Right. But I mean, that was a learning experience for us because then it taught us the next time around that what we needed to do was do a little bit more research, which we right. did um, when time came for Cairo, because we were like, "All right." Let's see how we can, how I can potentially labor at home as long as possible, so that I'm not tempted. If labor were to start mm-hmm. naturally, that I may not be tempted to want to have any kind of pain med intervention and I might want to just try to do this naturally. And you and I, and at this point, we had a full birthing plan. Like, Kadeem was pregnant. We, she and I said, this is, what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to labor at home. Yeah. Now, once again... We thought we had three more weeks to prepare because we didn't have a crib. We didn't have a bassinet Yeah, in place. our apartment was being renovated. Every, and the apartment renovation was supposed to be done about a week prior to you going in labor. Right. So even though we had a plan, we still, did, you know, God has a way of looking at your plan and then laughing. Like, mm-hmm. ha you don't really got no plan, nigga. So uh, <laughs> we, you know, at the time we were like, we're going to, we're going to labor at home, mm-hmm. which means we're not going to go to the hospital until the very, very last minute. This way they can't tempt us with getting the epidural and we'll deal with the pain at home. 
Right. So I was watching a ton of documentaries. I was, I was also way more active too, remember, with Cairo? Active, so at this active. point, I was pretty much freelancing as a makeup artist. So I wasn't working retail anymore where I had those rigorous retail hours. I was able to create my own schedule. So that way I was able to really incorporate taking care of myself. So I was spinning up until I was mm -hmm. 35 weeks, I want to say, yep. with Cairo. Um, and I felt like I was really in like the best shape of my life and pregnant at the same time. So yeah. that was helpful. You were, you were putting the work in and that's the, the, the best part about our transition and why we like to talk about this because we have three different birthing experiences. So when people ask us about hospital births, we can talk to you about hospital births. If they ask us about home births, we mm -hmm. can talk to you about home births. If they ask us about an epidural, we can give you our experience. We mm -hmm. also did a natural hospital birth. Mm -hmm. And with Cairo, I remember reading these docu document watching these documentaries and reading all these different articles and the biggest thing was pain management and mm -hmm. constant movement during labor mm -hmm. so when Kay's water broke that morning we didn't panic we were staying at my parents house mm -hmm. her water broke she immediately said we're going to do the first six hours as if i would do a normal day so she went mm -hmm. and took jackson to school that's what my doctor said she was like Mm -hmm. give it some time and about six hours come in and i'm like okay i could do that <laughs> she took jackson to school her and sakari mm -hmm. um i still went to work i still had clients to take mm -hmm. um after i think about the three hour mark it was about nine o'clock mm -hmm. i met her at my parents house mm -hmm. so after we met at my parents house she went and put makeup on girl, like she's going makeup. away I she did her hair my son is about to meet me looking cute and the funny thing is we had done our last maternity shoot with josh the day before the day before that so mm. i had a whole weave in i was feeling cute i was like <laughs> okay this is about to be popping then she was like i was like you know what let's go back to the apartment let's do some shopping after we do some shopping, we're going to put together we went the to crib. Get snacks. We did, we did everything. Because I'm like, this is not going to happen soon, you know? Mm -hmm. And think about it. This is not an induction. My first pregnancy was an induction. So I'm like riding the wave. And at this point, I'm having contractions. Yeah. But in my mind, I guess they're bearable for me. Right. You know? And I turned... I, came to find out I'm a G. Like I, like I had are. no idea. I, did, I thought my pain tolerance was really low, um, but apparently not because... The, the contractions were coming periodically. We were timing them and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of had a time in my mind. I think the doctors had to come around 1 o'clock. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, well, when did your at water that break? point. My water, water had broken with Cairo. It was like quarter to 7 Quarter to 7, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was so, like quarter yeah. to 7. And I got up to get Jackson ready for school. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, all right, going through yeah. the day. Um, I'm like, if we're going to be in the hospital, DeVal is yeah. the most snacking-ass person I know. So I was like, let me go get him some snacks. <laughs> I'll be snacking. You know, he'd be snacking. So I was like, I'm going to get him some snacks. See, I'm still thinking about you even when I'm in labor my water yes. broke. Yes, You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> so we got snacks. We went back to the apartment. We had to get the car seat. Like all that stuff was still there. Mm. Um, and then I'll. You were a G I, until the uh, mucus plug came out. <laughs> no, the mucus plug came out before that. We The mucus so, plug was out early. Oh, it was when he dropped. It was a drop. So there's a, a moment. There's a moment in labor, right, y'all? Where, you know, you're getting these contractions. They come, they go, they come, they go. But there's a moment when I'm assuming this is when the baby's head fully like drops into your cervix. And at that moment <laughs> yo, was when I knew. Yo. I, th I thought labor was beginning at this point. I was like, oh, this is what they talk about. This is that moment that women being there screaming, throwing a fit, throwing their husbands out. I'm like, this is the moment. Yo, this is it. She was perfectly fine. She was walking to the incinerator. Your mother was like, guys, I think, you know, you know how mom be. She's like, guys, guys, come mom on. Mom was nervous for jump. She, she like, was like, your water broke, we should go. So we all acting like we know what we doing. We pros, you know, we just like, we like, yo, ma, chill. Me and Tristan, like, your mother always panicking. And then all we heard was, 
And then Tristan looked at me. I looked at him. Tristan was like, I think we need to go to the hospital. <laughs> Yo, I run outside to see Kay. Kay is holding her stomach and she's looking at me. Yeah. And she like, I don't know what happened. But, ooh! So now, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Kay, Kay mom grabbed the keys. Tristan grabbed his keys. We like, me and Kay shuffling, two shepping to the, <laughs> to the elevator because every two steps, she was screaming. Yeah. So I'm holding her stomach. At this point, the contractions were like, and close i'm holding her i'm holding her stomach and i'm holding her lower back she got her arm around my neck <laughs> and in my face and she, every time she screamed it was like Woo! and i was a whole way i'm walking to the car like this then i get in the car and I'm, i try to put her in the car and try to let go and she would not let go of my face so now i'm like hey, you gotta let go of my face so i could drive the car so she let go of my face i close the door i get into the car on the driver's side the minute i get in the driver's side hand face and around my neck she held my neck and my face and this video evidence the whole entire time she held my neck and my face i was driving with eyes with fingers in my pupils and everything i'm taking every it was like a movie but it was also one of those things where we're on our way now we know that the hospital is like 10 minutes away but you get stuck behind the accessoride (laughs) truck you know that's like putting down the the (laughs) Putting down the the part the part that the wheelchair goes in. It was it was like then it's like a school bus, you know, trying bad. to you know get it from was, Crown Heights to Park Slope. Y'all know what that's like if you're from Brooklyn. You know what that is. Kay's mom is in the back. Sakari's in the back, right? Sakari ain't never had no baby before ever, right? Sakari in the back. Saying, She's a nurse in training. Kay, Kay purse your lips <laughs> and, and blow. <laughs> purse your lips and blow. Yo. Then my mom is like, Kay, honey. Don't think about it, okay? <laughs> don't think about it. I'm like, no. don't think about what? This is the advice. The fact that I am about to squeeze something the size of a watermelon out of an opening the size of a lime. <laughs> That's what's going through my mind, ma. So clearly, I'm thinking about it. Yo. Okay? So Deval pulls into the... Hold on. Do you remember the, she was moaning in the car? All I hear is, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and I, I feel like you wanted to tell everybody to shut the hell up. <laughs> but you didn't have no energy. So I was just quiet. Yeah. I was dealing with the fingers in my ears and my eyes. <laughs> Deval whips into the emergency section. So my sister runs out and she's like, I need a wheelchair. So Deval's like, okay, hey, I'm going to park the car. I'll be right upstairs. I said, Deval, do not leave me. I said, because the way I'm feeling right now... This this is this not gonna go well. The baby's gonna be here any minute now. And at this point, I'm literally feeling as though I'm sitting on his head. Like there's just something, there's the pressure. And I didn't know if it was pressure or his head, but come yeah. to find out later it was his head because mm-hmm. I literally he was crowning at this point. Um so my sister, you know, I get shuffled kind of from the side of the chair in the car to the wheelchair. My sister takes me upstairs and <laughs> Deval goes to park the car. Which I told him not to do. I said, leave that bitch right there by a hydrant. Do what you got to do. Get the ticket. Get towed. I don't care. You were going to miss this. I should have listened. At the time, I still thought you had time. I know. But um, I went to park the car. There was a whole ordeal. The, the guy, the, the park attendant was, I was like, I'm having a baby. I'm having a baby. He was like, God, everybody here is having babies. <laughs> I, y'all wanted to fight him too. Just like I wanted to fight the epidural lady. I wanted to fight him. So... Then I, I he, the, the lady in front of me said, he can go in front of me. He's walking around the car super slow. I'm like, bro, bro. So then he gives me the ticket. I run to the elevator. And he's just like, you might as well take the stairs. The elevator takes a while. So I run from the bottom floor in the parking garage all the way up four flights of stairs to get to the top of the door. Door locked. 
<laughs> now I gotta run all the way back down. I go and while I run down, I'm running and I'm looking right at him. Like as soon as I get done with this baby, I'm coming back and I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> so then I get to the elevator, push the elevator button, the elevator goes all the way up. Get to the hospital elevator. The hospital elevator doors is like crazy wide, right? And it seemed as if every time it was about to close, somebody stuck their hand and it was like ding ding. <laughs> then the door opened back up and they like wheeled somebody from a wheelchair in. And they were on the, the fourth, fourth floor. floor. So yeah. that happened like every floor. From second floor, third floor, it was a Going delay. local. Get to the, the triage center. But before that, so now I'm in triage. They want to know my name, my insurance, and all that. I can't <laughs> speak to you right now regarding that. They they want to examine me. So I get onto the, you know, the bed in triage. And at this point, I'm like telling myself, Kadeen, if you open your legs... This baby might just fly out and DeVal's going to miss it. So this whole time I'm thinking about you again, baby. I'm like, I don't want DeVal to miss this birth. So what do I do? I completely get into like a fetal position and I face the wall and I'm just holding my stomach and just ignoring everybody at this point. Defying all the laws of childbirth. Defying everything. And to the point where the doctor has to ask my sister if I need a translator for sign language because he thought I was hard of hearing. He thought that I, <laughs> like, I was ignoring him so heavy that he thought I was deaf. I know that doctor's feeling before. You know, and yeah. I'm just... Anywho. Continue. Continue. Anywho. So, so at this point, so at this point, all I'm thinking to myself, so my sister's on the phone with Deval and she's like, you have to come now. Like you have to get here now. She's this calling. Baby is coming. This is when I'm in the elevator headed to triage. All that is Literally. Happening. So it's to the point where I think the doctor was over me and he was like, I have to examine this woman. Um, and the nurse grabs one of my knees and pulls my leg open and Cairo literally shot right out. Like, like pushed the eject button and he came out. Like, I didn't have to do anything more. That was it. I think me holding my legs closed yeah. <laughs> was, trying was trying to keep him in. And then... That's why Cairo is the way no he is event. now. That's exactly I, why That's exactly why. The way he self-ejected out of my body into this world with such vigor and such life and determination, just not like, waiting for DeVal or anybody. Just like his that godfather's is his life. motto, uh, y'all can't keep me in the box. Yeah. That was literally Cairo's <laughs> motto coming out. Y'all can't keep me in Cairo the box. Y'all keep me in the literal box. <laughs> Pushed out. Bow. Bow. Landed on the table. The doctor didn't even get to like, like hold him out. He just kind of just fell out on the table. <laughs> and I kid you not, 30 seconds later, DeVal rolls in. He was like, in. are you kidding me? Are you kidding like, really? me? I just missed really? this. And then I went to go. I, I literally went to run back to go beat up the to parking go. lot attendant. <laughs> and Sakari grabs me. And I was just like, no, come inside. So now I come inside and I see Cairo and I see Kay and, and Cairo's in the corner. I mean, Sakari's in the corner crying. <laughs> <laughs> that was her first time witnessing all of that. And oh, Kay my was goodness. Just looking at me like, I told you not to go park I told park you not to go park the damn car, bro. I told you what was happening. I was like, my bad. But, but it was amazing how after that experience, so you think about, after I had Jackson being completely out of it, drugged up, not knowing what's going on, having very vague memory yeah. about what happened. Whereas with Cairo, I remember us being in the triage bed, being transferred over to a gurney, going into an actual room, delivering mm -hmm. the placenta. Everyone's checking out Cairo. You actually did a video like within maybe yeah. 20 minutes of me yeah. having Cairo. I was alert. He was alert. We were yeah. all just like, it was almost like one of those things where one, the minute the pain stopped and the baby was out, it was, it was just back to normal. And remember what I said to, to you then? Man, we could have had this, this baby at home. at home. That's exactly he what I said. He literally said, he's like, for all this, we could have just stayed at home and had this baby. And because that's exactly what the hell we did Then we did got some damn hospital bills. And well, they charged $25,000 for having the baby in triage. I'm like, I had the baby. I know. Nobody delivered that baby. I had it. 
But then this Dr. So-and-so, you know, in the hospital, everybody comes to see you. Yeah, <laughs> everybody yeah. makes a cameo yeah. and then you get billed. I didn't need so much as a Motrin after Cairo. And they, and when we refused all of the medication, yeah. you know what they did? They were like, Kick bye. This out. They were like, sis, you're good. I'm like, I, yep, I'm actually good. Didn't need so much as a Motrin. So I was like, you know what, babe? Next time we, we do this, this baby at home. we're doing it at home. So that's the evolution of how we got to home birthing mm-hmm. because- we tried the yeah. hospital twice, right. once with epidural, once without it, mm-hmm. and we found out we were better without it. So Right, right, right. And I mean, it just was one of those things where I just had a real trust in my body at that point, yeah. and I had a confidence in myself. Like, I totally had a chip on my shoulder, had a little bit of swag going into it, like, you know, and this is completely not disregarding the hospital experience or not doctors in general because they are very necessary. <laughs> Y'all went to school for mad years because you know a lot of stuff that we don't. Um, but and just we in did my- consult with... Your OBGYN yes. before who I absolutely to, love yeah. and adore. Yeah. Um, I was going to her for years um, since Jackson, and she literally gave me her blessing and said, "Kadeen, mm-hmm. you know what? If I had to pick somebody for a textbook pregnancy and labor and delivery, and this is what you want to do, I fully support you um, in that." She said, "Call me, text me when the baby's here. Let me know how it goes." So that made me feel even better about it because yeah. sometimes. You know, there can be a little bit of a tension or a little bit of a debate between doctors and midwives and how they move. Um, So, yeah, the hospitals are very necessary for some people who can't deliver at home or can't be under a midwife's care because they have whatever pre-existing conditions. So that's something that's on a case-by-case basis. I always make sure to tell people, do your research, know your history, and consult with somebody first, but um, if and if you don't want to do hospitals or home, they have birthing centers. Birthing as well. centers as well. So we there's a bunch a of different the, options. Yeah, depending on what your your lifestyle is, depending on what you want to do, or what you're looking um, for. For Kadeen and I, it was important, especially um after having Cairo, to be able to document mm-hmm. the process because yes, we that was wanted huge to document uh, doing a natural birth, and we knew we couldn't document anything in the hospital. Right. So having a home birth for us was also important because we get a chance to document mm-hmm. um, and get to have a testimony of what we've been, what we went through during that process. Because mm-hmm. um, it was it was important for both of us, especially after experiencing the first labor, was to show people mm-hmm. what the labor process was like. Right. And we, we both made a decision to, to sit down. And that was part of our preparing for labor moments was we wanted to document. We wanted to have yeah. these moments for our boys, for uh, but uh, for ourselves, but also for people who don't know what it's like to give birth so they can see it and be like, oh, this is what I need to right. expect. Right, or this is an so. option, too. Like, so many people don't understand that this is an option that they have. Yeah. And I'll tell you about all the side eyes that I got, you know, with people looking at me like, are you crazy like why would you have a baby at home who does that nowadays like we're right. just so conditioned to believe that it's a medical situation or a medical emergency to give birth or right. bring bring forth life whereas it's something that the body tends to naturally do on its own um again case by case but after having the two experiences that i had i was like you know what this might be a route that we want to try and i'm so happy we did that because i always said if i were to have another baby i would definitely want to go to home yeah. birth route and here we are and, and I think it's, like you said, once again, it's always important to say, whatever decision you make, you must consult consult your primary care physician, mm-hmm. your OBGYN, and mm-hmm. have constant discussions throughout the pregnancy process. Because things can change in a heartbeat, and you, you have to know, hey, is this even safe for us to do anymore? Right. The biggest thing about preparing for labor um, that Kadeen and I are going to constantly implore is to have converse, constant conversations, but comfort and constant movement Mm -hmm. and we're going to do a whole 
episode on the birthing process, so that's why we're not talking too much about it. But when it came time for us to prepare for labor, it w- it was it was a fun a fun time. It was a I great, mean, so I'm great glad family we did affair. It the way we did it. Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking forward to this time. So let's take a quick break. All right. And then we come back Sounds to your good. favorite part of your show. Kadeen's still nosy. Still nosy. Even though she's pregnant, she's still nosy. That's but we're going to take a quick break. You notice I've been holding my teacup this whole time because I can't quite lean forward to reach the table. <laughs> All you had to do is Can ask you do me, me the one. honors? I would put it down. <laughs> we'll be back. Thanks. <laughs> All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this, Nier, yes, Nier, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed 
and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, guys, we're back to Kadeem's favorite part of the show. Listener letters. I ain't gonna lie, this is my favorite part of the show too. I can't. I know. At this point, we know, but put it on me is fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go ahead and read the first one. Ready? Go ahead. All right. Hey, y'all. First, I'd like to say I absolutely love you guys and your family. Thank you. Now on to the shenanigans, because you know I love shenanigans. Tell me, tell me. I am 28 and my husband is 30. We've been married for two years, but have been together for 12 years now. The first nine years of our relationship, I worked, paid the bills, and held us down while he became a quote-unquote entrepreneur. Shit never happened, she said. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> in quote, in, in uh, parentheses. During this time, we had a daughter, and I became diagnosed with an illness that took a toll on my body, and needless to say, I was unable to perform the way I used to, and well, he cheated. I took him back because of our daughter and he pleaded that he would never, it would never happen again, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fast forward to today. I just gave birth to our second daughter and we are now foster, and we now foster his nephew. I was laid off from my job because of COVID and now he is primarily taking care of the bills. Well, his bills, I should say. Along with having a baby, I became sick again and well, he cheated again. I've been struggling with postpartum depression, this illness, and now all my emotions with him cheating. My question is, how do I get back to myself? And although he claims to be, quote unquote, all in, how do I let it go? Oh, how do I let go? Is it selfish of me not to think of my not to think of my girls first? Do I stay and work through it? Or is this a never ending cycle? Do men change? Please help. Signed a mad black woman. Yikes. Damn, sis. Listen, I'm I'm never one to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> I believe that all people have the ability to change if they want to change. You understand what I'm saying? But based on her story, it seems like he's a user. Mm-hmm. Like she was she was just working right. the whole entire time while he was being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur shit never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that story. We've before. heard that story before. Yeah. Um. Then she got sick. He cheated. She got sick again. He cheated. It seems as if as long as things are convenient for him, he's all in. Yeah. And the minute Super things selfish. are not convenient, then he's out. Mm-hmm. Um, that don't sound to me like somebody who wants to be in a relationship. It sounds right. like someone who's in a relationship for convenience. Right. And we've seen that from a lot of people. Like I, mm-hmm. I that breaks my heart. You know what I'm saying? That 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 really does break my heart. Right. Because um, no, it seems not as if, yeah, at, uh, when she's at her lowest points is when he that's fails. That's when he's out. Right. Yeah. That's and when that's, he's out. Like, that's not cool at all. That's corny. Knowing especially how the postpartum depression hits. First then of to all. to be sick on top of that. First of all, I, you know, I've been quoted as being a misogynist and sexist because of my thoughts. But any man who lets their wife work for nine years while you try to build a business and take care of all the bills to me it's corny mm-hmm. i'm sorry that's just corny mm-hmm. like you can you you can build your business and work a job right you don't have that's to true. just not work that to build a business I, I i know that firsthand like when i first retired from the nfl i still worked doing a job i didn't want to do yeah just to be able to have money come in while building my business that's so a fact. I, I just hate that excuse that you know i, I couldn't do nothing i was building my business no you can work this 24 hours in a day. You just don't sleep. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? You don't sleep. And then you get a woman pregnant while she's working and you're working on your business that never happens and she gets sick and then you cheat. That's fucking corny. <laughs> like, I, like you got to be accountable. Long story short. If that sis. was my friend, if that was my friend, like my homeboy, I'd have been like, bro, you sound like a douchebag, bro. Mm-hmm. Like that's the extreme level of fuckboyness. Yep. And I don't, I don't like to judge people, but I can only just tell you what my thought process is based on, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, Maybe I'm old school for thinking that you should still pay the bills while you're building your business, but that's just I'm just not going to ever change that. And this is a perfect example how. She has a baby and gets sick. She can't work no more. Now we're the family. You see what I'm yeah. saying? He never, ever has to worry about his body changing while getting pregnant. That's why, in my mind, it's always important. If you're going to lay down with a woman and possibly get her pregnant, you have to have your finances in order. Because anything can change in her body, especially having a baby. Right. That's why I think that way. You almost plan to have the woman not return to work first. You know what I mean? I, or if she returns on her terms. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I, and it could be, you can call me misogynist or sexist all you want, but I don't care. A woman dedicates her body to, to giving you a child or giving you guys a child and then has to be forced to go back to work. Mm-hmm. In most workplaces, six weeks. Right. You like barely get time off no with sense. your baby to heal. You're only... In, you're only well, I appreciate that, sacrifice. No, I, But it's the truth, though. You're, you're only, quote-unquote, sacrifice or contribution during the pregnancy process to make sure that everything is taken care of mm-hmm. as a man. Mm-hmm. If that's sexist, if that's misogynistic, then I'll, I'll be that till I die. But for you to do that to your girl and then cheat because she got sick... That's corny. Right. So. And she has to, if it's selfish for her to not think of her girls first, I think you would be thinking of your girls first if you're in a situation where you're removing yourself for your own happiness and your own sanity. And I'm sure it's not a happy household if your children are experiencing you being depressed or having to, to, to deal with no, but she these asked, issues. Is it selfish to not think of her girls first? I think she's thinking about herself. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. Saying, yeah, exactly. Know, it's not, well, yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Right. Um, no, I think you should think of how you feel first because if you're happy, then in turn, I agree. the children will be. I agree. So. Um, you have to take care of... You know, self-preservation is important because if you're not happy, the the girls are going to see that and you don't want them to grow up in that experience. And hopefully you can find a way to co-parent. Right. All right. Good luck to you, sis. Number two. Hello, Kadeen and DeVal. First off, I'm a huge fan of yours. I've been married to my husband for a year now. We have three children together. My oldest is now seven years old and I had my son last year in July. Congratulations, mama. I found out I was pregnant with number three when my youngest was only seven months old. My pregnancy with my son was very difficult. I was sick the entire nine months. I had gestational diabetes. He was about three pounds overweight throughout my entire pregnancy. And sometimes it was even hard for me to walk. So as you can imagine, I was relieved when I finally got my body back when he was born. When I found out I was pregnant again just seven months later. Damn, y'all be getting it in. (laughs) Um, I was really depressed and considered an abortion many times. And to be honest... If it wasn't for my sisters and my mother talking me out of it, I probably would have gotten the abortion. Not because I didn't want to have a third baby, but because my son is a big handful and I just couldn't see myself being pregnant while taking care of such a young boy who never sits still and literally will touch anything he can reach and makes 1,000 messes throughout the day. (laughs) Not to mention he doesn't listen to me or or shit. So if I say stop, don't touch that, give it to me, it doesn't work. So I have to get my pregnant ass off the couch and chase behind him every, uh, pretty much all day to keep him from getting into things. Dealing with that while trying to fight pregnancy fatigue has been a nightmare. My husband is definitely a huge help, but he works full time so that I don't have to. So the days when he's working and I'm home alone with the children are miserable for me. On top of that, my oldest is developmentally delayed and is still almost 100% dependent on me. 
and her dad just as much as the baby is. Wow. I have to wash her up, brush her teeth, tie her shoes, etc. There's very little she knows how to do on her own. I see you two with your boys, and you both seem so infatuated with them, and I sometimes wonder why I don't feel that way with my children. Um, I don't get happy when I see them. I don't miss them when they're gone. I really don't enjoy spending time with either of them. And I know it sounds bad, but having my children around means nothing is going to go smoothly. It never does, which is why I value the little breaks I get. I guess my real concern is that I'll end up not being close to my children as they grow up because they're causing me so much stress right now. All this may just be a pregnancy hormones talking, but I know Kadeen and Cairo and Kaz back to back. Oh, I know Kadeen had Cairo and Kaz back to back. And I'm just wondering if you guys ever felt the way I do now or if things will ever get better. Again, I love my children, but these last couple of years have been a really dark time for me. Any advice? Oh, wow. You know, it's funny. I we, I think we spoke recently about a mother that I spoke to recently that was just like, of course, you have to throw out there. I love my children to death. But had I known. There's always the I love. What, but Yes, because you never wanted to be misconstrued as right. like, well, damn, you know, fuck my kids. Like, I don't, right. I don't care about them. Of course you do. But it's just like, had I known everything that was going to go into being a mom or into parenting, then I would have really reassessed if this was the route that I wanted to go. Um, and I understand, I understand with Cairo and Kaz, they were back to back. That was challenging right. for us. Um, which you hear about a lot of people who have children back to back in a short amount of time, mm -hmm. because it's that two under two or that two under three or yeah. three under three um, that can get to be very stressful. Um, I think what saved us um, is having well, you who are at the time was an entrepreneur as well. Right. So having a flexible schedule to be able to jump in and out when right. needed and being a super involved dad, which you still mm -hmm. are to this day, which she said her husband went to work full time to yeah. pay all the bills. So it's kind of everything is on her. Everything is on her, you know, um, and the stay at home mom doesn't always get the respect, you right. know, or the acknowledgement that they deserve knowing that they have to always um, be on. Like there's right. never really a time to clock out. So I think that feeling of guilt that you feel where you're just like, man, I don't know if this is like I, I'm, I'm cool with my break you should be able to be okay with a break for example absolutely like everybody needs that you need that time to refresh i think that also saved us was having our, our village around village. us we like a lot of help i, I want to ask her i know your mom and your sisters convinced you not to have the abortion are your moms and your sisters Helping. around to help right. you know are they able to kind of take maybe one child you said your son is a lot to deal with are they able to take him for a couple right. hours so you can focus on your older daughter who may need more help or is there anyone that you can kind of you know tag in yeah. that you can get some time to yourself yeah. that's very very important in general regardless of yeah. the space between your children regardless of how many children that time um, is necessary what i what i think the first thing is we have to normalize women being able to to vocalize how they feel about things and not being judged mm -hmm. by other people, mm -hmm. especially people who don't experience what they experience. For example, a mom has to say, I love my children before she says how she feels, because typically it's people without children mm -hmm. who will criticize and say, how can you say that you blessed to have children right. until you have children and understand what that feeling is like. You should not criticize or judge someone for having emotions that you've never felt before because you've never experienced it. That's number one. Right. Number two, feeling those feelings is typically part of hormones. Number one. But when you're postpartum and prenatal at the same time, because that you <laughs> that's were how there. we used to describe that's how it. We, that's how Literally. We you, you go from one extreme hormonal situation to dealing with sleep deprivation, mm -hmm. which also causes a, a lot of changes in your mental capacity. Then on top of that, being pregnant again, yes, you're going to feel overwhelmed. Absolutely. Is it okay for you to feel overwhelmed? 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are your kids going to be annoying? Should. Listen, look, let me look right in the camera. All right. <laughs> I'm going to look too. Let me look. Kids are fucking annoying, bro. Yep. They're annoying. You yep. want to know why? Because we as parents expect them to see the world through our lens. Yes. Right. And that's not their problem. That's our problem. Right. So they annoy us. Because they don't, they're not prepared to do the things that we expect them to be able to do at whatever age we expect them to be able to do it. Is it, is it, is it something wrong with the kids? No. But that doesn't mean it doesn't annoy you as a parent, especially if you have multiple. You have a child that's delayed, right? So you still have to brush her teeth. She has her child was seven. Mm-hmm. Brush her teeth, wash her clothes. You have a one-year-old mm-hmm. who's being a one-year-old, running around, not listening. That's what they And do. you're pregnant by yourself. That's going to annoy anybody right so mama don't don't sit here and feel like you're the worst mom in the world and you're a bad parent no these feelings that you're feeling are normal what you have to do is be solution oriented for me i knew it would be in my best interest even though it wasn't the easiest at time to move k's grandma in and have k's mom over to help Mm -hmm. while we had the two under two yes you know because you know people say you don't really want to live with your Mm in-laws i lived with my grandmother-in-law and at some points, my mother-in-law, and it was the best decision I ever made because it allowed my wife to get a break. It allowed me to get a break. I was still working 14 hours, just mm-hmm. like he is. Mm-hmm. So when you come home from working 14 hours, you don't want to jump right in and have to juggle two kids. And then we right. had Jackson. Because it's usually the handoff that happens at that point. Yes. It's like, I've been with these kids all day. Don't even look at me. I need a shower. I need a break. Yes. I need a cigarette. I need a whatever your thing is. <laughs> <laughs> Do people still smoke cigarettes? I don't know. I don't but, know either. <laughs> I need something. But if you was pregnant, smoking a cigarette you, you, well, yeah, no, a you don't need a cigarette but, uh, <laughs> my bad sis <laughs> but uh, but no but i feel you because then then it's this is what happens well who's being selfish you've been with the kids all day i've been at work all day mm-hmm. the minute i come home you want to hand the kids off for me to get a break but i want to at least take a break from being at work so then it becomes this situation is right. annoying then it becomes a whole marital situation right and that happens that you don't even want to deal with that 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 happens but if you lean on your village mm-hmm. and you and I tell this to all these dudes, man, we were having a conversation with um, I don't want to I don't want to out them, but people who are close to us. And they're like, I don't know if I want my mother in law to live with me. And I was like, bro, let me explain something to you, bro. Mm-hmm. If you have as many hands on deck as possible when that child first gets here, mm-hmm. the sooner you will be able to get your relationship back and you'll be able to find a sense of peace to navigate within this new family uh, dynamic. Like that's that is the truth. The shit ain't easy. You you may think, oh, I don't want it because I want to be able to handle everything, right. but bro, right? It's the the best thing you can ever do is rely on your village. And like you said, well, Kay asked your mom and your sisters convince you where they at though. Where they at though? Where they at though? Is the question. You rely know? on them. Well, we know where y'all can find us at, <laughs> and that's at deadassadvice at gmail.com if you want to be featured as a listener letter um, be sure to email us yes. tell them where Deval D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E cause sometimes I be forgetting the E <laughs> at gmail.com alright moment of truth time moment of truth time I got a very simple moment of truth Yeah. there's no amount of over preparing you can do for delivery or mm-hmm. labor Mm-hmm. There's no you you have to read as many books, watch as many documentaries, but most importantly, gentlemen, listen to your partner. Be an advocate for her when she's going through the process. A, the large part of the information you can get, you're going to get from this woman right here. 
and this little person inside, they're going to let you know how they're feeling and what's going on. That's and it's fact. your responsibility to let everyone else in that room, doctors, attorneys, mothers, let them know what she needs. So prepare, prepare, prepare. Absolutely. And it kind of spirals into mine. I pretty much was going to say, make sure you do your due diligence, regardless of what route you decide to take, regardless of, you know, what people are saying about what you should do. Mm -hmm. You know yourself best. Make sure you have a plan. Make sure you research and whatever that is. Also, keep in mind that it may have to change or shift because that's how pregnancy and labor and delivery is at any moment. Something can just completely throw that birthing plan out the window and you got to roll with the punches. But if you got a good, good person next to you, come on now, if you got your person next to you, come on now. um, everything will be all right. All right. I love that. Love you, Ellis. Love you, Ellis. So be sure to find us on social media, y'all. Um, the Instagram page. I see people are engaging there now, which is yes, nice. Um, and that's Dead Ass the Podcast. So find us on Instagram there, and you can always find me, Kadeen I am. And you know where to find me. I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dead ass, baby. Dead ass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City, and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m., to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.